Hello? Yes, sir. All right. It's working. Yeah, technology. Yeah, we love it. Yeah, it's very clear, too. It's very nice sound. All right. So uh, I, th I think what we're interested in, well, you, you had a comment about blockchain. I wanted to find out what about it. I, I think that we need to, there's two things that need to happen. One is we need to separate Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies from blockchain. And two is we need to de demystify the concept of blockchain, right? And I think that we're starting to work on the second one. I, I think we, we still haven't been able to de de separate the cryptocurrencies from the concept of blockchain, but blockchain as an implementation of distributed computing is something that is very, very interesting to me. I think there's a lot of potential there. There's a lot of value. And uh, I think that we're missing it because we are so focused on like, you know, whether or not we can make a dollar or two out of a cryptocurrency, which is the distributed computing. Sure. So uh, uh, I'm good with uh, separating the two. Uh, on the other hand, uh, I, I'm not necessarily a big fan of this notion of uh, you know, a decentralized uh, computing. I, I think that's a bit of a myth. Whoa, okay. That's a big one. We, we can spend hours going through that, but... But how about not, one minute uh, on it? Well, it's not, it's not decentralized as much as it is distributed, right? The decentralization happens because you're distributing. Uh, you know, there's still... It's the part that bothers you, the, the part about not having a verifiable, reliable, trusted, central, always truth component to it, and then truth is divided by, by many people. It's the part that, 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 that you don't like, the fact that it's all over the place and you don't have a way to know what's where. No, no, I, I, I like the idea uh, as an idea, and, and there are some, uh, there have been some successes in terms of like open source uh, you know, software and, and things like that. But I, somehow I always feel that, that, that you know, like, for example, with Twitter, uh, when Twitter in the old days used to go down or, or they uh, shut down the user community or the third party developers uh, in order to basically take all of the uh, potential upside into the company itself, uh, then there was there would always be this uh, rush of uh, open source versions of Twitter, which uh, were essentially decentralized, or at least that was the implication of it. And I felt that that was a political uh, agenda, not a realistic agenda. Yeah, it is. And, and that, but you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because the whole concept of those political moves were to displace the control from Twitter to somebody else. In other words, instead of having Twitter be the, the, you know, the, the, the big guy in the yard, somebody else becomes the big guy in the yard with the same idea that Twitter created. So essentially it's taking an idea and not improving it, but stealing the idea and trying to make a bigger player with the same idea. Exactly. You know, just the idea of disrupting the, the, opens up the, the opportunity for new uh, winners. Yeah, it, 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 it doesn't. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, once the idea is out, you're not going to improve on the idea. You have two options. You can either, you know, do something with that idea or you can ha go have another idea. But if there's something becomes, I'm going to become a better Twitter than Twitter, that, that's not going to happen. You know, it, it's not a question of first mover advantage because there were many before and there will be many after Twitter. 
But it's a question of like, you know, who managed to find the model that actually uh, uh, plays really, really well to, uh, to, to what they right there. Right. I, so I think we're uh, aligned about that aspect of it. So when we talk about distributed computing, I mean, what is, the Internet is distributed computing. I mean, what does blockchain do that uh, hasn't already been uh, in place? Great question. Uh, and actually what it has done is nothing more than create a set of standards uh, that, that we can use, right? And, and this is the problem. It's like, you know, people look at it as if it was a disruptive technology, but it's not. It, it's basically a, an augmentation of an existing model. And like you said, the internet is distributed. Uh, we have cloud computing, which is distributed computing for, for a long time now. So what does blockchain provide? Blockchain provide the, the ability to uh, create uh, easier and faster than it would take before uh, new models. And, and the, the interesting part about that is like, you know, when you say things like that, people are like, oh, then it's not as revolutionary and it's not going to change the way we do insert your favorite function in here. It's not going to change the way we do contracts or sales or whatever, or, or supply chains. It's just going to be a new way to do like things, you know, faster, easier, better. Yeah, for the most oh. part it is. But I mean, why is it faster? First of all, isn't uh, uh, most of the, uh, you know, Bitcoin, for example, isn't it, uh, or maybe it's blockchain, uh, I, between what the technical aspect of this is, but isn't it slow uh, in order to be able to uh, create a, a essentially a red? Excellent point. Excellent point. And that's actually a misconception. So, so Bitcoin is slow by definition, not by necessity, right? Uh, you probably heard about the Lightning Network. And if you haven't, I'm telling you about the Lightning Network. It's a payment network that actually removes the need to wait 10 minutes for the blockchain uh, uh, block to, to be completed before it's processed. So essentially, by, by, by using the Lightning Network, you remove the latency inherent to Bitcoin and you can make an instant transaction with Bitcoin. And it's been proven that not only does it work for Bitcoin, but it works for virtually every cryptocurrency. And the, the, the way it does it, it basically doesn't wait for a full verification, but actually assumes that a partial verification at random is the same as a full verification. Right. So it's kind of like a 404 error on the internet. Is that it fails, uh, you know, gracefully, which allows you know, a, a, you know, try it again, basically. No, it, it actually removes removes the biggest barrier for Bitcoin adoption, which is the fact that it had to wait 10 minutes, right? So the the, the Bitcoin uh, um, the white paper, the Bitcoin core technology says that the blocks need to be a certain size and that each block can only be processed every so much time. And part of that was, you know, technology related, but a big part of that was just, you know, to, to make it a, 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 a truly verified end to end. I mean, some of the, the hashes right now take forever to execute. So you need to actually make sure that all the hashes execute. But what Lightning does is actually removes that, that parameter by saying, look, as long as I can get partial verification, uh, that is sufficient for me to feel like the transaction actually exists in, in, in the blockchain, I'm not going to wait for full, full verification, right? And and this is the equivalent of, a, like, you know, a credit card company saying, okay, so all of a sudden I got a charge, you know, Steve, you always use your credit card to buy airline tickets, and now I got a charge for a hotel. Uh, you know, do I deny it or do I allow it? What do I do that? So, you know, you have two options. You can either say, I'm going to get more data points and verify this before I allow it. So they'll, they'll send you a text and they say, hey, 
we got this charge from you. It's a free you confirm it so we can let it through. Um, if not, you know, then, then don't. So then you send the text, but you don't send it from your original phone, you send it from another phone, right? And then they say, okay, I have two data points, but I'm still not convinced. I need to make sure that this is from Steve. So I'm gonna call Steve, and when he picks up the phone and the number that I have, then that'd be a full verification, right? That's a traditional path for, for verifying a payment on a credit card. Now, imagine instead if like, you know, the credit card company were to say, buying airline tickets and know how to charge from a from a hotel and uh, oh what do you know the hotel is in one the same place where he just bought an airline ticket from so it's just going to go ahead and verify this so i don't have the full verification but i have partial sufficient verification and with that i can save a lot of time to to approve that 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 that, uh, that process and go forward and that's basically what the lightning network is doing okay for. i got it, I got it. Now, what, that, why why is that uh what now that we've successfully sped it back up to something that's uh, uh, appropriate. Why do this in the first place? What is the advantage of having blockchain in the middle? Well, I, I don't think that blockchain itself is a good technology. I think I mentioned this before to you and in the Gilmore Gang episodes. I don't think it's, it's a good technology. I think it's, it's what happens when somebody says, how can we prove that distributed computing works? And another person says, oh, I know. The worst possible way to do it would be to use blockchain. Let's do that. And then they do it. And then everybody like pass on blockchain. I think the concept of distributed has a lot of merit. And I think that cloud computing is an exploration on that, but I don't think we're doing enough. I think that we need to do more distributed computing. And I think that blockchain is a proof point for distributor is the part that interests me. I, I don't care about Bitcoin. I don't care about blockchain per se. I think it's a poor technology. Uh, I think there's many, many more better ways to do it, but using blockchain as a proof of distributed computing, that's the part that I'm interested in. Okay, so let's say that uh, uh, we decide that there's a reason for getting to distributed computing. What is the advantage of distributed computing over what we have right now? Everything that ever, anyone ever wanted, faster, cheaper, easier, better, simpler. You know, pick one. I mean, by, 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 by distributing, distributing the work, every single uh, node has a lot less work to process and by very fine and vetting and then and, and, you know making making each 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 node uh, infallible or making each node verified or whatever you want to call it, then I can have like you know sixty five processes going at the same time versus doing one step and then the next one and then the next one and then the next one. In, in the example that we were talking about the credit cards, I mean first I had to send you the text and it needs to fail, then I need to make a phone call that needs to fail, and if all those steps fail, it's time that is wasted versus distributed, which would be I'm going to go and find as much information as I can in real time, and then I process everything in real time. It shortens the processing time dramatically. This is why this is why cloud computing is working so well. I can actually get you know can get functionality from 20 different vendors put it into a single application through the cloud and have anybody anybody access it within a, a very sh short time versus having to actually create the application create the functionality create the, the integration points and so on and, and so on and so on so it's just okay all right well that's that i i understand that uh answer so uh you know cloud computing basically has become uh, ubiquitous because uh, it allows a different economic model, uh, basically subscriptions as opposed to, uh, you know, uh, land and expand uh, kinds of scenarios where you basically uh, have a million dollar installation and then you, uh, you know, then you're tied to a maintenance contract. Yeah, uh, and that's that's one part of it, right? And uh, this another part. No, I'm just saying that that was. Yeah. 
that's why uh, you know it it, it took root. Whether what it, it has done since yeah. then is you know pretty profound. But right. what is the, where is distributed computing going to find its uh, you know uh, a corollary to what cloud has gone through? So, so basically, by, by cloud, by cloud proving that a different economic model works, it actually got the imagination of, of people that said, "Hey, let's explore this further." And when you explore it further, you realize that cloud is based on the concept of distributed computing, and then you realize that the value of distributed computing is not uh, an economic subscription model, which is, you know, maybe where we started, but it's the ability to create. The, this this tiny pieces of code that actually execute perfectly and can integrate with any other tiny piece of code and build anything that you want in, in, in a piece piece by piece approach. So I mean, like you said, it's not land and expand from one you know massive application to the next one. It's you know just get the functionality that you want running on the platform, and the platform becomes the the, the key to all this. It's not you know the, because of, of the code that you build. It's because the platform allows you to integrate two, three, ten, a hundred, a million pieces of code together into the application that is exactly what you need for that given time. Right, but you know, who who gets to own the platform? I mean, we're right back at the same kind of uh, decentralized argument. And they, exactly, and that's that's why I think that some of the advances in blockchain are, are, are giving a lot of value to the concept of distributed is because, you know, we, we are seeing uh, so, some evolution in, in, in concepts of, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, token, tokenized security in concepts of execution, in concepts of integration that we couldn't do before. Or we couldn't do it unless it was very expensive. And now we're actually saying by validating each node and making each node as valid as possible, then I can actually, you know, operate at a much higher level at a much faster pace than I could in the past. But how long do you think it's going to take uh, for people to uh, to trust this new uh, uh, interface? Well, it's hard to say, and you know me and times. I mean, my times are usually very optimistic, but I think we're, we're, we're very close to that. And I think that uh, that's why I like blockchain evolution, because I see that people are actually understanding the concept of distributed more, and they're trusting it more. And they're saying, wait, I mean, everything that happened in Bitcoin so far, and we use Bitcoin as a, as a, as a proxy for blockchain, everything that happened in Bitcoin so far has been for human stupidity, not technology inability. So maybe there is something to the technology that we can actually leverage, you know, and, and the fact that there's different cryptocurrencies as each one solves the previous problem and evolves from there makes it even more interesting to actually look into. I mean, right. But then now you're uh, you're sneaking over into the area that you at the outset suggested you didn't want to get into. So, but I said uh, I like them. I like them as proof of concept. I mean, I, I don't think that it is about the cryptocurrency, but if you, if it's something like you know, uh, Bitcoin takes ten minutes to execute, but here comes you know a Litecoin that takes you know thirty seconds to execute, and then comes Ethereum, which is real time execution. Then you see the evolution using the same technology. You see the evolution within the technology in a very relatively short time. So you can actually make the case that whatever bothers you about it. It's actually solvable through the in the in the near term. Okay, so uh, another big theme that uh, uh, we've been uh, sort of I wouldn't say focused on because but it keeps sort of entering the bloodstream, if you will, is the uh, what what's going on with Twitter and social. And, uh, I don't really want to get down the rat hole of uh, Facebook because. Uh, uh, I think that leads to just a discussion about 
Trump that uh, we already have too much yeah. uh, discussion. About. I, I think that, that you have to have Facebook as a, as, a, as a counterpoint to Twitter to see how one person took it seriously and the other one didn't, right? I mean, we, we, we came to a point uh, a few months ago where we realized that social networks are, are evil, if you want to call them something. And like, you know, they're stealing and our information and selling in and, and doing all bad things and allowing bad things to happen and, you know, addicting our kids and ourselves into like, you know, believing all these things. And then we said, how are we going to solve this problem, right? And I think that Twitter versus Facebook, without going into the rat hole, actually showcases how two companies go about it. I mean, Facebook went with like, you know, we can't be wrong. We have, you know, two billion people in us and they all trust us and they all like us and they'll continue to use it. And Twitter said, you know what, you know what, you're right. There's a problem. Let's see what we can do to fix it. And they, 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 they took different approaches. And like, you know, I think that the Twitter approach is, is making it a more trusted network, um, you know, that, than Facebook is. And I think that the Facebook approach is solidifying their, their, their presence as the largest network. So I don't think that's going to change, but I think that more and more people are going to see that, like, you know, by taking an approach of cleaning the platform, you know, what's called the big Twitter purge, of 2018, right? When so many people lost so many, so many followers, uh, deleting fake accounts, uh, deleting dormant and inactive accounts, uh, strengthening the concept of uh, activity, uh, reducing the amount of verified verified uh, people, and like you know, strengthening that that process. All these things actually play into the into the, the the ability of actually creating a better network. And I said forever, and I will continue to say forever, the value of Twitter is as a, is as a is as a real-time connectivity network. It's nothing more than that. It's not about following people and finding people and having discussions. You can do that anywhere. But the value of Twitter as a network that allows you to connect from anywhere to anywhere in real time, you know, with, with, with uh, more short messages and more if you want to, that's the value that Twitter has. And that that that's what, like you know, we should focus on, and 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 we're going to end up with two very different um, uh, networks that that we we had before, but nobody really put the time into figuring it out. Which is, you're going to have a trusted network for distribution of information quickly, and you're going to have a social network for kids and high school reunion and, and and pictures and stuff like that, right? And that that's going to create the value for Twitter, and it's going to it's going to bring into a different category than Facebook. Well, I, I think, uh, you know, if you were selling me uh, blockchain right now, you you would be saying, you know, if you hook uh, that trusted aspect of, uh, of what Twitter's doing, if you hook that up to a distributed network, uh, then you'd have something that uh, you could trust uh, and uh, align with other uh, social strategies. So, so like, like a magician would say, we never met before this. We never discussed this before, right? This you came to this conclusion on your own, because that's exactly what the conclusion is. It's like you know, you have a you have a trusted network that needs verification. You have a very fine that needs a better network. It's like blockchain and Twitter could could be made for each other. I mean, if you if you validate identity via blockchain to get into Twitter, and anybody who gets into Twitter, you know exactly who they are, where they come from, what's the what's their beef, what's their agenda, what they're trying to do. You can have amazing conversations without a problem, you know. Versus you know trying to fight with 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 a chatbot about who you know which which domestic political party is best, which is not going anywhere, but other than just to like you know grow discontent. So I think that you're right. I think that this is one of the reasons I like you know Twitter is a distributed network, blockchain is a concept of distributed computing. I like the whole concept of distributed computing. Well, but that's if I was trying to sell you on the idea of blockchain. But it's actually you don't have to tell me. I have to tell you. 
you're the one who doesn't believe in it. I, I well, I'm, fully not believe. Uh, I'm not convinced that, uh, that that can't be disrupted by bad actors, essentially. Uh, you know, I mean, who is, that, it, who is it who's going to be uh, negatively affected by, uh, you know, Twitter becoming the trusted network? Uh, the bad actors, actually. I mean, it, it, it can, everything can be disrupted by bad actors. I mean, let's be honest. If you're sufficiently intent in getting something done, there, there's enough social engineering and technology in this world that you can get it done, right? That doesn't mean that it's not going to get noticed. It means that you're going to get it done. Getting noticed means that you can counteract it, but it's going to get. It's possible to get it done. You could block. You could break the blockchain validation verification vetting process attached to Twitter for identity and create bad actors. But they're not going to last too long if it's properly done. Yeah, well, I, I agree with that uh, because uh, look what happened with cloud. I mean, originally cloud was uh, attacked because it was uh, supposedly lack of security. But in fact, uh, the, so much security went into the model uh, and was you know exponentially uh, proven uh, with multiple uh, nodes that eventually the security of the cloud is uh, outweighs the the security of a private network. Right, and that, see, and that's the key. I mean, the, the key to cloud being able to sustain better security than, than, than a regular client server model was the, the fact that it's distributed and tokenized and you can actually control a lot easier because of that. And this is the same thing that is happening here. The problem that Twitter has is like they don't have a good validation verification vetting process to say that who you say you are is who you say you are. And the difference between Twitter and Facebook is like Twitter cares about that and Facebook doesn't give a crap about it. Well, I, I you know, I, I don't have the, I mean, you don't have a Facebook account, correct? No, I don't because Facebook okay, doesn't give so, a crap. Okay, so, uh, you know, asked and answered. So uh, basically, uh, I don't find you a credible analyst about Facebook just because, uh, you know, you choose, you choose not to be involved. That it's just not to be involved personally it doesn't mean that I don't understand it at the technical level. Well, I, know. I, I, I knew you'd say that, but that, yeah, I'm still just, uh, I, I'm, you know, tarring you with your own feather here. I, I, I get that, but, but I, I think you're tarring the wrong guy for the wrong reasons. I, I probably know more about how Facebook works and their, their, their goals and their, their ability to get things done than people that have been on Facebook every day, every five minutes, posting pictures of the kitties. And, oh, well, they don't have any time, but, you know, I that's... Uh, I I would I wouldn't characterize you knowing more about it than somebody who's on Facebook all the time. Uh, but that, that's, that's beyond the point. I mean, I I, I, be, I be, you know there, there's been tries before during uh, debates and, and and panels to bring me down because I'm not a Facebook about my Facebook knowledge and it, it really is not an issue. The issue is you know given their actions, Twitter cares about very very fine who are the people in there. And, and, and Facebook doesn't. And I think that marrying blockchain to Twitter will be a very interesting, uh, if nothing else, would be a very interesting study on what's possible to do. But uh, why Why would uh, Ev Williams and uh, Jack Dorsey uh, and uh, Trip Hawkins, or whatever that guy's name is, uh, yeah. I'm, jo I'm joking, it's not Trip Hawkins, it's uh, Biz Stone, no, something like that. Yeah, uh, uh, and I why are they going to get uh, suddenly uh, get the uh, blockchain religion? Or maybe they already have, and we just don't know it yet. And, and that's that's a good point. Maybe they haven't, we don't know it. But because I, I think that the reason for that is because we need 
a verifiable distributed network that works as a network and nothing else to run things on top. And to them, that will become a, an, an amazing, uh, you know, business model, sales model, revenue model, where they can actually charge for access to the network versus letting people fight over who has, you know, a, a bigger idea. So how long is this going to take? To marry Twitter and blockchain? Well, you know, at what point are we going to see the kind of explosive growth that the cloud, uh, uh, you know, I mean, we all remember when the, the, the cloud seemed like a, a great idea, but it didn't have, there wasn't necessarily, but put it this way, there was an argument uh, that uh, I never made, but the people I was working with made that, that uh, it just wasn't practical and it wasn't going to happen because the big big players were going to, uh, you know, continue to be the big players. And that there was a certain point uh, when the cloud, I mean, I think actually, you know, when Mark Benioff uh, opened up uh, Salesforce to be able to change a label where suddenly people realized uh, uh, in the software that they could model anything that they could model in hardware that they could model it in software. I think that was the moment when the cloud took off. But in any case, it yeah. took a while economically for it to uh, uh, emerge. And what is that trigger point uh, in this? I, I, and I think that it's the same. I think it's the same, the same thing. I mean, when, when, when people realize Facebook are different and that you can get a, a distributed network that will operate as the underlying, uh, you know, more secure internet of the internet, if you if you may, right? Uh, when they realize that and they realize how to build a business model on top of that, which is going to be about the same time that they stop talking about, you know, monthly or daily active users, right? When they realize that they're not a so that they're not a, a public social network, but a private distribution network that could be used for many different things, much more profitable. That's going to be the pivot point for Twitter. And then we're not talking about like you know making users pay. $5, $10, $15 of a part of Twitter. We're talking about like, you know, a transactional network where you can actually create value and, you know, re re recuperate some of that value through 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 contingency billing, right? So that's the moment where, where Twitter will actually go into like, you know, look, let's start trying to comp stop trying to compete with Instagram and third, you know, Pinterest and, 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 and Facebook and all these guys. And let's create, you know, let's leverage our true strength, which is a distributed network that is very vetted and verified, and then use that as a transport network for all these people that are like, you know, going crazy trying to figure out security for their own processes. And instead, they can use our network secure, you know, tokenized and vetted and verified and running on like, you know, on, on crypto crypto models that, that are unbreakable um, and, and, and so, see what happens. Yeah. That's and the this is where I think. Uh, we cross back over into the place that you, I think, wisely suggested that we not go, which is how, uh, you know, ICOs and coins and, uh, you know, a new, potentially new uh, venture model that's emerging out of crypto, uh, how that might have an impact on just this process that you're suggesting uh, will happen. Well, I mean, suggesting is not as much as saying, like, you know, uh, I can envision this happening. I mean, will it happen? That's a very different discussion, right? I mean, we, 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 we never know which way these people will take with the products. And I don't have the exclusive year of uh, 
ever Jan to, to say, hey, this is what you guys need to do. I wrote about this before when I actually tried to convince other CEOs to acquire Twitter when Twitter was, you know, not going through a good time and they, they were looking for, 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 for somebody to acquire them. And, and, you know, and nobody took me on that. So, I mean, I don't have the, the ability to make it happen, but is it a good idea? Dude, you bet it's a good idea. If you're going to the, the way distribution and we need a secure network we can rent to do this versus building our own with all the security components and everything, that, that idea right. is not and so I, bad. And I think that you if know? you marry that with, uh, you know, the idea of, uh, you know, uh, can, I mean, I, I go back to the uh, attention model that I, among others, uh, sort of posited as being where where this would go you know maybe 10 15 years ago uh if you look at the possibilities for uh monetizing uh the investment that it takes in order for this to achieve a critical mass uh you know this kind of fundraising aspect uh it opens a can of worms to say the least but at the same time uh it if, if somebody figures out how to be able to be trustworthy in that area, along with uh, establishing, uh, you know, a firm underpinning, uh, which they can then grow uh, in this transition from what you call or what I think you're meaning as a consumer to more uh, enterprise, uh, you know, I think that's, right. that's the calculation. I don't see, I don't see the, the value of Twitter as a consumer network. I mean, that's why I have Facebook. Let Facebook become the one. But I see a pivot to enterprise and I see a pivot to, to, to business that, that would deliver an immense amount of value counter to like, you know, charging everybody five bucks to, to, to argue with, with, with a bot about who has a bigger idea. Okay. Well, I think that uh, that's a good place to stop and, uh, and then continue some other time. Uh, Esteban Kolsky, thank you. Thanks, Steve.